Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Croft. And it is a gorgeous morning, summer morning here in the Mid-Valley area as we begin another day of talking about stuff, well, that really matters, political stuff, how you can think about them. Now you can talk about them and use them to change your world. So, folks, it's happening. Yep. LetSalemVote.com. Oregon Business and Industry. And I think Marion and Polk first are joined forces to sign petitions. LetSalemVote.com. You can download the petition to refer the tax to a vote. Put it to a vote. Okay? Let SalemVote.com. All you got to do is click. It's really easy. It's right on the front page. We're going to talk about that today. Um, Also going to talk about the consequences of liberal leftist ideas, like Kate Brown's. Don't know if you saw the story, folks, but a guy that she, whose sentence she committed, may be and is likely a serial killer after Kate Brown commuted his sentence. So the question is this, not all of the people that um, Kate Brown's sentences commuted are serial killers. So let me ask you a question. How many of them have recommitted crimes? And how many of them are serious crimes? Do we know? Can we know? Are they keeping track of the data? It is not uh, a coincidence that Jesse Lee Calhoun, one of these guys released by Kate Brown, because he was on the back end of serving, I mean, he's a career criminal, folks. He's on the back end of serving a long sentence. He agrees to go out and fight fires, the Canyon fires, and Kate Brown, I think, was like 41 or 43 people. Uh, who chose to criminals who were on in their last year or two of their sentences and because they went out and fought forest fires, she let them all go early. This guy goes out. I mean, what are the odds? What are the odds that Jesse Lee Calhoun is now linked to the deaths of six women? What are the odds? There's a consequence to this kind of thing. Measure 114, yes, is being the federal court ruling by federal court judge Karen Immigrant. As nonsensical as it was, and you can you can read Oregon Firearms Federation's uh, having gone through that. But the bottom line is 
it's going to be appealed. There's a great piece in Ammo Land about that. In fact, uh, Jim wrote an email. It says, the federal judge ruling is what I've tried to express my disgust and frustration over. The widespread inconsistency of the interpretation of the law regarding constitutionality. Even with the passing of Bruin, that was the U.S. Supreme Court ruling that was in favor of Second Amendment rights. Even with the passage of Bruin, blue states continue to skirt the meaning of that decision guided by their own emotionalism, their lack of knowledge, and a fervent desire to persecute conservative voices and values. Obviously, that includes gun owners. Alan Gottlieb explained the appeals process Sunday on the Armed American Radio Monster broadcast, a lengthy process they may eventually reach SCOTUS, Supreme Court. Let's hope it does. Let's hope it does. Now, we will have our uh, weekly uh, visit with State Senator Dennis Linthicum. His latest newsletter is Heroes Among Us. What's interesting about this is there's this survey that's been going on a long time. And people just were asked, are they proud to be an American? In 2013, 57% of those people surveyed in 2013 said they were extremely proud to be an American. 57%. Nine years later, 2022, only 38% said they were extremely proud to be an American. Lowest share recorded in that period. So let me ask you this. Are you proud to be an American? Are you extremely proud? Hmm? And what does that mean? Now, Senator Linthicum gets into... The, th- the loss of American pride in doing so, he does that in the movie from 2007, Rocky Balboa, Sylvester Stallone. And he gets into that in his newsletter. And we'll talk with him about it here, folks. But he also talks about Thomas Jefferson. And this is probably never more important than today. Probably never more important. Because we're right in the middle of all of this, folks. Right in the middle of all of it. And we have to stand up and fight. Otherwise, we lose the country. 503-589-1220 is the Power Buick GMC talk line. Um, I do have a... I don't know if... Amanda has the Steve Bannon clip that I had sent her uh, ready to go today. And frankly, we are, yeah, she, she does. So all of this leads to, we're in a jihad. Folks, we're in a holy war. You and I, as believers in freedom of liberty, We're in a holy war. What does that mean? 
Well, let's listen to Steve Bannon from his speech on Sunday morning at the Turning Point USA. It's a short clip. It's about 58 seconds or so. Amanda, why don't you go ahead and play that if you can. We don't have time for a diversion. We need well, to be focused right quit. now on the election apparatus in Arizona and to get behind Donald Trump and get serious about taking his country back. I don't know. Is, is it playing, Amanda? I can't hear it if it is. This is a crusade. This is a holy war against the deep state. We don't have time for a diversion. We need to be focused right now on the election apparatuses in Wisconsin, Georgia, Arizona, and to get behind Donald Trump and get serious about taking his country back. This is a crusade. This is a holy war against the deep state. Donald Trump is our instrument for retribution. I don't want to hear Glenn Youngkin in a vest. I don't want to hear Kemp with his George axe. I don't want to hear it. Donald Trump is our instrument for righteous indignation. Okay, folks, I, I don't know if, if that came through to you. If it didn't, we'll try to fix it and play it again. But the point is, Bannon was in front of 6,000-plus young people, young conservatives that came to Florida, West Palm Beach, to hear Donald Trump, Tucker Carlson, a bunch of conservative speakers and some politicians. And... Bannon lit the place up because we are in a holy war for the very soul of this nation, folks. And it's embodied in everything that we see going around us. And I'm telling you, this is what it's about. You see, the holy war is not a holy war against outside influences. The holy war is against the administrative state and the deep state. And they are different things. And Bannon's so correct. We are in a holy war. It is a cause that is justified. It is the cause of liberty, friends. The administrative state is the bureaucracy It is the bureaucracy, folks, of well-meaning bureaucrats who are trying to comply with the rules or use their discretion to enforce the rules beyond what they're meant to be enforced for. That happens all the time, local level. Remember, I shared with you the story yesterday about Lane County Building Department. We'll have more about that as we go on because it is illustrative of exactly this very thing. And I will juxtapose that in the coming days with the Lynn County Building Department. And they are 180 degrees opposite, folks. 
that's the administrative state. The deep state is much different, has much different motives. The administrative state are just bureaucrats choosing to enforce the law one way, using their discretion to make your life miserable, just because they're bureaucrats. But I will tell you that the deep state is very different. This is tyranny. Seeing it play out, CIA, DIA, NSA, and it happens in some states. This is the deep state that uses unconstitutional authority to unconstitutionally spy on us. And none of the feckless uniparty politicians in D.C. will hold them accountable. None of them, folks. We are in a holy war for our very liberty against the deep state. That is part of the Department of Justice, all these three-letter agencies, the judges who let this stuff happen. We're in a holy war. So the question is, if we are for the very soul, the very survival of our constitutional republic, what are you going to do about it? Let Salem vote is just one of the things you can do. Let Salem vote.com. Download the petition. Let's get it done, folks. 620, back in a moment. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. We are back. Great to have you with us. 503-589-1220 is the Power Buick GMC talk line. By the way, did I, I need to get an email from somebody that was listening uh, if you, in fact, heard uh, that that clip that we played of Steve Bannon, what I intend to do is at the next Coffee Clatch meeting, which I hope to be at, as long as I can keep everything running here in the harvest, that I intend to play his entire speech. And we'll play it, show it on the on the on the screen and i'll tell you why because it is not only extremely motivating but it nails it folks it nails the entire reason that we are here okay so okay great Anne marie art jim thanks yeah everybody heard it in fact jim writes um <laughs> and Senator Linthicum, who's going to be joining us in a moment, said he heard it too. <laughs> uh, it played, Jim said. Agree. We're in a holy war, a cold civil war, and a war of ideology. Yes, we're in all of those things. But I intend to play his entire speech because it is why we meet at the political coffee clutches. It is why we're going to stand up against the administrative state, against the deep state. Again, they're different things. 
the administrative state is the easier thing to do because it's closer to you. And you run into it from time to time when you go get a building permit. It's just one of the examples. But there are others. The state. How the state agencies enforce the rules and the law. Because sometimes the rules that are written to implement the law expand the law and give the bureaucrats the ability to be the administrative state, to strangle you, if you will. That's what we're in a war against, the administrative state and the deep state, folks. Now, judges are part of that problem. This ruling on Measure 114 is just an example of that. It's got to go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, in my humble opinion. The fact that Kate Brown could commute sentences of vicious murderers. And they go out and reoffend. The fact that she could suspend the death penalty, as Tina Kotek has, it in of itself is unconstitutional. Why? Because the Constitution says... You can't. But they did it anyway. And nobody holds them accountable. We got to fight, folks. Now, let me tell you a story. Again, this, the, the way we defeat taxes, like this new Salem City tax, the way we defeat the administrative state is to illustrate, as Rush used to say, the absurdity by being absurd. You have to tell stories, folks. Stories are so powerful. Let me tell you a story that illustrates how you can beat things like this the Salem city tax. You guys remember when measure five was passed, 1990? This was Oregon's property tax limitation measure that's still in effect to this day. It has saved Oregon residents at least 20 billion, with a B folks, $20 billion in property taxes. The effort to get it on the ballot was Herculean. They got it on the ballot, but the campaign was failing badly. They brought in my friend, Greg Clapper, and he, and he was a radio guy on radio stations. He had to write good ads to make his radio stations successful, and he did. So he got to look, and in fact, he called a state representative, Ron Sinceri at the time. And Ron, he asked him, find me examples of incredibly wasteful government spending because he wanted to emotionalize it and use it in an ad campaign. Guess what they found? You guys remember the $150 a yard carpet in the archives building? The $25,000 chandelier in the archives building? They found that in the budget and they used it like crazy. And they used it, and the only place they could with a small amount of money was on radio, 
and mostly in the Portland metro area. And it worked. Measure five passed. And they, it was losing badly, folks, because all of the administrative state came out and told these horror stories. You're not going to have any more police, any more fire. Does it sound like the city of Salem tax? Mm-hmm. Same thing. The horror stories were winning. Why? Because they were emotional. But when you exposed, my friend Greg Clapper found what Ron Sinceri gave him in the incredibly wasteful, ridiculously wasteful, absurdly wasteful spending of the archives building, Measure 5 passed. And you have benefited from it since 1990, folks. It's the same thing that has got to happen here. That's a real story. And it's got to happen to the city of Salem tax. Some of you need to be diving into the city of Salem budget and looking at how they have spent money and thrown it down the drain because they have. And not going on with the third bridge and wasting all of that money for the studies for years is just one example. There's a lot more, I'll guarantee you. Back in a moment, Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Speaking of the deep state, uh, in a moment we're going to get to um, a guy who, who fights for liberty. That state senator, Dennis Linthicum, is... Uh, joins us usually on Tuesdays. He's a guy who understands the importance of doing just that. Peter Strzok uh, says, hey, there's no bias in the FBI. Huh? The story, it's in the Gateway Pundit. Linda writes an email, says, the war within. Speaking of the deep state, did you hear the report this morning that there are four U.S. Republican senators contemplating changing from Republican to Democrat? to make it easier to pass things in the Senate. Kowski, Thune, Romney, can't remember the fourth. If this is true, my goodness, my goodness is all I can say. That means they are in agreement with food shortages, sending our kids to war, criminals in the White House, and I could go on and on. I don't think it's a real report, and I'll tell you why. Because you need 10 to break the 60-vote filibuster. You got to have 10. You don't got 10. Murkowski, I could see John Thune, no way, from South Dakota, uh, because he's in line to take over Mitch McConnell's spot, which is not good. Romney, I could see, and probably Susan Collins. But then again, they can't. That doesn't get you, folks, to a 60-vote majority to break the filibuster. No, it's time for us to stand up. Liberties, it's up to us. It's also up to you to keep yourself cool. It's going to be in the 90s again today. Call Freedom Heating and Air and they'll come out to your home or your business. And they'll tune your system up if it just isn't quite there. Or maybe it's just completely failed. 
Their emergency services is one of the many benefits you get when you do business with Freedom Heating and Air. Call them today, 503-580-1456, Check out their website, freedomheatingandair.net, freedomheatingandair.net. Senator Linticum, great to have you with us today. You've got a great newsletter in which you ask a really important question. Where are the heroes today? Yeah, and my answer to that is is really quite simple. People don't feel quote heroic, but the hero heroes are all around us. They're they're at the dinner table. They're the ones making breakfast in the morning. They're the ones pushing the kids from soccer match to swimming meet to on and yep. on. That's right. And um, but it, it, it's. These are the people we need um, vigilance from because they're the most important. The family is the most successful and most productive unit for denying the deep state and all of their hypocrisy and idiocy. You know, I, I tell the Jefferson story because, one, most people don't know it, and two, He's always getting a bad rap for, quote, being a racist and we want to burn right. his, pull his statues and burn his house right. down. And right. yet a full 75 years before the Civil War, he was arguing and fighting and trying his best to stop um, the, the, our historic, uh, you know, adventure, quote unquote, with the, the diminishing human status of uh, African-Americans. And it, it's really a tragedy because we need people who will try and fail versus only those people who are victorious, victorious, victorious. Even in the Rocky movie, he comes out in a tie, you know, and uh, and so it, the the score goes by one point to the other guy. But by golly, Rocky was there trying. Yeah, he was. And, the, and you in your newsletter, folks, you can you can go see and read uh, Senator Linthic. You, you can get signed up for his his newsletters, uh, and j- just go to his state website and or your your other um, alternative Cinda, to the uh, uh, yeah Dennis at electdennis.com. There we go, uh, and uh, put subscribe on the first line. You can say hi if you want to, but if you just want to say subscribe, that's great. I'd love to see your name come into my mailing list. Folks, the links for all of that are at the bottom of the newsletter. I will have it on the show plan today, so I want you to take By the way, uh, John McDonald, who's very much involved in the fight against Measure 114, wanted me to share with you that he finds your newsletters inspirational and that it hits the nail on the head, and that people are reading it, and they're sharing it, and they're paying attention to what you're saying. So good on you, and they continue to look to you for inspiration. Well, I've been trying to do that for some time. I've been talking about our creedal foundational values. You cannot elect a representative. You can't elect a dog catcher if you don't know what your own principles are, if you don't know what they should be, if you don't have a value system that equates to I'm going to elect that guy, not because he's going to vote more goodies from the state copper into my pocket, but because he's going to pursue securing my rights, my property, my liberty 
from the hands of the big state. That's what your representative should be. He should be a protector of your rights, not a nibbler or weedler of your rights. That's exactly right. I mean, do you think uh, today that this, what we're experiencing in America today, this loss of American pride in being an American, do you think that this is something that has happened before? And if so, how did we get out of it? Well, yeah, the, I, I do think it, it, it comes from having these wrongheaded ideas um, put into our minds. Um, it, it, you'll remember, uh, you know, Bastiat in his, um, yes. in his, uh, the law, he, he or actually, uh, I guess it was his other uh, book, but he, he says, when, look at when misguided truths are spread, uh, throughout the land, um, people will be misguided. And y- if you're, if you've got these misguided truths floating in your head uh, at every hour of every day, um, you will make wrong decisions. And, and so, um, he, he, he lays it out better than I can. Let, let me, let me just read it to you. He says, when misguided public opinion honors what is despicable and despises what is honorable, punishes virtue and rewards vice, encourages what is harmful and discourages what is useful, applauds falsehood and smothers truth under indifference or insult, a nation turns its back on progress and can only be restored by the terrible lessons of catastrophe. That's almost where we are today. So catastrophe in in many ways, take, for instance, the story in Willamette Week about the guy Kate Brown released early, who now is linked to at least four murders of women, maybe six in the Portland area in a very short period of time. That's a consequence of a very poor or rather of a radical leftist decision. Telling those stories, doesn't that help our side move people who just look at that and go, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, I, I think it does. I, I think uh, right now the the left and their, you know, um, their phallus robot and their pride in getting two of these operations per day at OHSU, Dorn Becker and whatever, you know, people realize, wait, this is really weird stuff. And um, and as soon as they recognize how far out of line things like that, re- letting a criminal free, having the House Bill 2002 get funded and continue to promote these questions. You know, I think on your um, on your radio show several weeks ago, you read where the teacher asked a kid the question have you ever withheld information from your parents? And he said, yes. So she put him, the teacher put him, the little child into a transgender orientation class where they asked him his pronouns. 
he told dad and granddad and they all got, you know, a quote upset, but it should have never happened in the first place. Our, our, our rights are being violated. Our children are being groomed by the state. And, um, and it's time we said enough is enough. And so Banyan's right. Um, we need, this is a spiritual war and it is a fight for the future of America. And my last sentence in this newsletter is, we need this not only for our benefit, for our prosperity, for your own family. We need this to stabilize the world. It is true because the world looks at this great experiment in self-governance. Our constitutional republic, the world looks at it and wants it because it is, again, inalienable rights, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Those foundational principles are what the world wants that they don't have in their totalitarian regimes. And you keep pointing that out. It is inspiring. Senator Linthicum, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. We'll see you next week. You got it. Senator Dennis Linthicum, again, I will have his newsletter up on the show plan. And you can go ahead and subscribe to the newsletter. Make sure you do that. It is inspiring. And it's informative. And it helps you change your world. Back in a moment at 648. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. LetSalemVote.com. That is the website to go to to download the petition. You can do it yourself. Download the petition. The instructions are there. And sign the petition. I think they need 4,000 plus valid signatures from only Salem City residents. Now, what's interesting uh, is yesterday the press release from Preston Mann about this, who is the press guy over at Oregon Business and Industry. The press release talked about, it was something I did not know, over 70,000 people that are employed in within the Salem city limits cannot vote on this because they live outside of the Salem city limits. Those are not just the people that live inside of the city of Salem who can vote on it that are employed. In fact, here's the the Oregon business and industry. It is stunning. They need 4,000 valid signatures by August 9th, folks, to refer it to the November ballot this coming November. Okay. They want to make sure they have 6,000 signatures. Folks, I would love to see us turn in about 8,000 signatures. Folks, it's over 70,000 people. Let me just tell you how unfair this thing is. That live outside of Salem. Can't vote on this thing. And vote on it at all. 
It's an astonishing number. This is one of the ways we can push back. It's just one of the ways, folks. Let SalemVote.com. Uh, by the way, I want to remind you that I don't know if you saw my Facebook post yesterday. I posted at the end of the show, pouring concrete from my new home in the garage floor, the the crew that was out there doing that. I I put that video up and the framing crew in. Now, one of the things about building a new home is there's a million little details. And one of those details is your trim work and other things that Righteous Renovations specializes in. That's Eric Azer, RighteousRenovations.com, 503-341-3816. RighteousRenovations.com, his phone number is 503-341-3816. He lives his personal faith in the quality of the work that he does for you. It's really important. And again, you can see it all for yourself if you go to his website, look at the before and after pictures, and look at and read the actual customer testimonials, righteousrenovations.com. The detail work is incredible, the finish work, because that's what people see when they're in their home. It's what you see every day. That's what Eric, it's one of the things Eric Gazer specializes in, interior trim detail. So again, check it out. Go to righteousrenovations.com. It's just one of many services he has available to you, righteousrenovations.com. Let's go to Art. Art, good morning. So I think it says, thou shalt not steal, Jeff. (laughs) And that that is exactly what's going on here. Uh, There is no doubt. But I, you know, I wanted to comment that the Ten Commandments are very specific on what we are supposed to do. And obviously... There are those that don't pay attention to that. But it all goes back to that. And it's our job uh, to promote those laws and to point them out. And uh, that's, you know, what God put us on this earth to do. Uh, And we must continue to do it. Um, we cannot put our faith in any man. we got to put our faith in God, and he'll take us where he wants us to go. There is no doubt about that. So I wanted, I wanted to jump in and say that, uh, you know, obviously yep. uh, Kate turned loose that uh, evil man that probably broke every commandment in, you know, every one of them. Um, and that's the results of, of what happened. So we must promote the gospel, promote the Ten Commandments, and point out whenever, and it happens quite often, especially on the Democratic side, uh, they violate God's law. And he'll take care of them yep. eventually, but that's, we have to communicate that, Jeff, and keep conti- to communicate it and, uh, you know, go where he takes us, period. 
Couldn't have said it better. Thank you, Art. God bless, Jeff. Well said. God bless everybody. You too. Go sign that petition. That's right. Download it. Go to LetSalemVote.com, folks. We August 9th is going to come really fast. Today's the 18th. We don't have a lot of time to do it. What a powerful message it would send to the Salem City Council and to everybody else, including the mainstream media. What a powerful message it would send. If we turned in twice as many signatures before August 9th, <clears throat> virtually everyone you know who works in the city of Salem will sign this thing. Seriously. By the way, um, somebody points out to me, 70,000 people by $509 a year is about $35 million. Yeah, there's a story that I will include. It's from the Salem Reporter by Abby McDonald and Rachel Alexander. And it says answers your questions about the proposed tax. This is an old story. But in it, in it, it says, well, it's only going to raise about $27.9 million. Uh, I think it's a lot more than that, actually. And it says the police department's going to get half, about $10 million a year. So what we need to do is we need to start looking into, okay, what happens if this doesn't pass? What happens if we, the people, turn in enough signatures and we get to vote on? What happens then? Well, I'll tell you, the world does not crumble. Crime does not shoot up, folks. Because what they're talking about is an expansion here. Million and a half is going to expand homeless outreach, the homeless outreach team. Well, how well is the homeless outreach team doing today? Many questions. Some of you who have time have got to start digging into the city budget, into all these departments. Compare what they did last year with the year before. See if they're playing funny accounting games and moving money around to make it look worse. And it really is. Let's Salem Download your See you tomorrow.